Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the CrossFit Buff Podcast. As always, I'm Jason. Joining me today is the elusive Evie Longshore, uh, one of the, the hardest guests we've had to get on the podcast, uh, <laughs> up there with the legendary Ed Mason that, that was also also required, ironically, a lockdown <laughs> in order to get him on <laughs> Lockdown 2.0. And here you are, Evie. How are you, Thank first you. of all? Uh, I'm good. I'm good. Thank you. I, I know you, you you were just saying before we you know, before we started recording this, that you're not used to doing this kind of thing, that it feels weird, unknown and unknowable. That's all I can say. That's... <laughs> well, you, you you said you were going to prepare some questions, but gave me no further details. So on the spot, here we go. Let's crack out some questions. <laughs> well, OK, some warm up questions. For you. you know how important a warm up is, Evie. So uh, mm. the first one, the classic peanut butter, crunchy or smooth? <gasps> Ooh, crunchy. Yeah, crunchy. crunchy. Two weeks crunchy in a row. It's coming back. It's making a triumphant return. I like this. You like smooth, but um, yeah, I'm going to have to stick to crunchy. Yeah. Double unders or box jumps? Double unders. I love double unders and I've always been able to do them since I was like, you know, I did rhythmic gymnastics before I, I did them, but they were called double skips. So I've literally been doing them since I was like 12 years old. So when I started CrossFit, I was really proud there was actually a skill I could do without having to spend hours practicing it, unlike most other things. I mean, and that's like a really, also kind of like a unique one to have, right, yeah. coming in. There's a lot of people that will be like, oh, I could, yeah, I could already do a lot of pull-ups or I could do a lot of this or, you know, oh, I had a background in Olympic lifting, so that was all fine, but it was the gymnastics that really threw me. But yeah. it's rare that someone comes in and is like, well, I did a lot of double unders. <laughs> I can do those. They are in the bank. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, I wish I could say that I'd done artistic gym when I was younger because all those girls can do pull-ups and muscle-ups just to prepare for a routine. I wish I had chosen that, you know, but uh, yes. Well, we had, uh, so the episode that released today, uh, obviously we're recording this on Monday night, but the episode that released today was with Freya Morrow, who is an Olympic lifter but had a background in gymnastics and like could do a muscle-up on day one of doing CrossFit. And all the pull-ups and the toes to bar and all of that. So, but hey, at least you're a double unders. It's more than <laughs> more than most of us. More than most, fair play. <laughs> Run, row, or bike? Oh, none, none of the above. By the none of, of the above. So classic. I hate. I mean, I don't hate. That's a strong word. I'm trying not to say hate because then I'll think I hate. But I dislike cardio. Never been my forte. Um, I think rowing I find hard because I'm not the tallest. So they're like, I know how hard you pull. <laughs> Jason, you know how I feel. I know how you feel. <laughs> I'm like, who are you talking to? <laughs> um, since lockdown 1.0, I feel like I do like running more than I ever did. But I still wouldn't say it's my fave. Um, but also on a bike, I feel like I used to hate it masses. And I hate it less now because my cardio fitness has generally improved. But if I had to choose one to just sit on for like an hour, I would probably go bike. Weirdly, don't quite know why, but I think it's because you get to move a lot, whereas you can use lots of different muscles. Whereas on a rower, you can't really get out of using your legs and your back and your arms and your hamstrings. You know, you kind of just have to do that. Whereas on the bike, you can kind of push a bit more with your arms and then pull a bit with your arms and then just take your arms off. And ah! so I'm going to say bike. <laughs> I, I like that you took us on an emotional journey there. Thank you. To... It is an emotional journey every time you get on a bike. So I feel everyone needs to appreciate that. <laughs> now, I know you're quite well-traveled, Evie. So do you have a dream destination in mind? Somewhere oh. you would like to go? 
I'm about to start listing countries, prepare yourself. <laughs> um, so yes, I am very grateful to say I'm very well traveled. I went traveling last year just for Christmas and did China, Vietnam, Cambodia, Laos and Thailand. Um, but all that did was then allow me to meet loads of people who were saying things like, you need to go here. And I was like, right, that needs to go on the list to be accomplished. So pretty much all of um, Indonesia, Philippines, Japan, um, Australia and New Zealand, <laughs> just that that quarter of the globe, please. <laughs> um, and I'd also love to go and travel around Canada a lot more because I went there on holiday for three weeks in 2018. Um, but obviously you just feel like you've just been a drop in the ocean of what it has to offer. So um, I'd love to go and work in one of those places as well, to be fair. As a physio, it's quite a useful job you can kind of travel with. Um, so I'd love to go and kind of travel with my job. Well, there, there we go. I mean, it sounds like you've just pretty much pulled up a globe and you're just sort of putting, <laughs> like, I've done this section, now I'll do this section. Yeah. 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 But good. Well, I hope you get there. I mean, at, at the moment, like if you, could tra- if you could travel to another county, that's already quite. I know that'd be great, so. wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. Plans being hamstrung slightly, but we'll we'll get there. If you had to program a workout for myself, Rob, Matt, and Derek to do, oh gosh, what's going to be in there? You have to give us the whole workout, unless you've already got it somehow. <laughs> I've actually got it written down, ready to go. Here we go. Um, you, Rob, Derek, and Matt. I feel like, no matter how much it hurts, a lot of heavy barbell throwing around is one that, when you get to the end, you're kind of like a massive sense of accomplishment. You kind of feel like, yes, done that, crushed it. Um, so probably, yeah, heavy barbell movements, compound, maybe something like a cluster, you know, clean into a thruster situation um that's just really mean of me having said that out loud I realized how mean that is and then possibly some bodyweight movements because just to, you know break it up a little bit maybe just, some just double give me a chance really just, <laughs> just so you can catch up <laughs> um and maybe stick a run in there just I mean I would not be doing this workout with you but maybe yeah stick a run in there just to shake it all out before the next round <laughs> Wow. Okay. So uh, hopefully Shax hasn't heard this portion of the <laughs> podcast and uh, yeah. we'll never have to do this workout, but Perfect. Perfect. interesting. Good to know. Final question. It's my classic first time guest question. Who would play you in a movie? Oh, oh, what? Like a celebrity. Can I, I can't, I'm not going to play myself. That would just be a bit weird. Who would play me? You yeah. said like a celebrity. So initially, we got a lot of actors and actresses. That was the first mm-hmm. thing coming up, that, which mm-hmm. you, you would imagine is kind of the answer to that question. And then people got very creative. And we <laughs> had, uh, I think uh, Al picked Greg Wallace to play him. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. I can see that. He needs to change his glasses slightly and then he's there. Um, a joke. Um, I feel like it has to be someone quite weird. You're going to have to cut out a lot of silence now from the editing. I'm just going to ponder for a while. Who would play me? You ever seen the, th- the show Taskmaster? Yes. Oh, absolutely love that show. And I feel there are some really wacky comedians on there that I'd love to play me. Um, apart from the accent, have you ever, you know, Ashling B? Yes. <laughs> love, love her. So I'd love her to play me. Um, but the accent would ha- she'd have to be a really good at. What about, um, is it Lou Sanders? 
Yes, I love her too. Um, basically, all of the girls that go on the Taskmaster Fair, they're all pretty amazing. I have to come up, I'm going to come up with a name, a final decision name. Bear with. We're just going to pretend we've paused filming for a moment, or, uh, recording. We're, we're Googling now, are we? You are going to have to edit if all you, of If you come now. out with like a Rod Gilbert, I'm going to be very upset. <laughs> no <Noel> fielding. <laughs> Here we go. Mel Gedroich. Really? I think that's my final answer. <laughs> She's so good. She's just bonkers. Love her. So you're going to go around collecting all the little red uh, yes! taskmaster? Yes! In my little one jumpsuit. The, oh, and all of those tasks they made her do where she had to make um the massive giant blow up beach ball disappear in the middle of a field and she would just struggle. Oh, so cute. Yeah, I love those tasks. Okay, so after all of that fab, I think I've gone for Mel Gedroich simply because she's funny, she's crazy, she doesn't take herself too seriously. Wow. Boom. I think in, in all the episodes we've had, this is the most thought given to, th <laughs> to that question. Oh, uh, thank you. Thank you because much. usually, as happened last week, sometimes we've got, honestly, I don't know. I give up. Put, I let, put it out to the audience. They'll let us know. But you've really committed to working hard to find an answer. Yeah. Uh, and I appreciate that. And Thank you. Uh, you said multiple times throughout that we're going to have to edit that down. So yeah. people listening to this, yeah. probably I'll leave some of it in, but <laughs> you have no idea what just happened. We went on a little roller coaster ride there. Um, I'm also intrigued to see what other people would say. So feel free to shout out any uh, other options that you guys would think would be suitable amazing and they don't have to be from taskmaster right no, they, no. Could, they could have but done other they are, things in their bonus. career <laughs> <laughs> to be fair though i love hearing what other people's options would be just because you obviously you know how in your own brain you are but funny to hear what other people kind of see you as yeah you pick like this very suave charismatic sophisticated actor and they're like no you'd be that character actor that always does really weird characters You're like, oh goofy's voice you know that one <laughs> <laughs> Okay, well, I mean, that's enough fun. Let's get on to the serious matter. So, if I mean, you said I wrote a lot of questions. So these are my these are my notes. This this much is warm up questions. Good. And then this is the body of the podcast. The actual Good. the important stuff. I've got two things that I need to ask you. Now, the first one is going to make my life easier for the foreseeable future. Okay. okay. So first of all, who is your brother? I mean, if people haven't worked this out, then I'm a bit concerned. Uh, my <laughs> my brother is Matt, Matt Longshaw. Um, so now you say if people haven't worked this out yet, you don't know how many times someone has come up to me and said, are they brother and sister? And I'm like, <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are. That makes so much sense. Oh, actually, now I see it. Like, so yes, um, that's the thing, isn't it? Because I don't think we look very similar. And some people are like, no, no, you don't. And then some people say, oh my gosh, you look exactly the same. But others have said to me before that it's our mannerisms, like our, you know, our characteristics about, you know, how we say things or how yeah. we do things that they know. Yeah. The way you do toast the bar, you both have that funny little double under swing that you do. It's all it's those <laughs> mannerisms, think, right? <laughs> definitely. It's all in those things. Yeah. Um, yeah. The, the, the little funny thing, I think Matt learned that from me, if I'm honest, I'm proud to say. I'm going to ask him now. I wonder if he did. Um, I'm not sure. Anyway. Yes. Matt is my brother. Um, Proud to say I got him into CrossFit. Um, so I, I hold all of his success down to me. Thank you very much. That's good. Uh, now, I, I know you got him into CrossFit. He, he's told me that. Uh -huh. So so my follow-up question on all of this, and, and I just needed to get the Matt thing out of the way because... <laughs> so I, everyone I, is I just, Yeah, it's just 
don't ask me anymore. And if they ask, I'll direct them now to this episode of the podcast. So Perfect. this will soon become the most listened to episode. <laughs> now, I know Matt got into CrossFit because you introduced him to it. But what I don't know uh, is how you first came across CrossFit. Um, well, funny enough, it was uh, second year of uni. So I had kind of I'd done gymnastics, obviously, until I finished school and moved away to uni and there was no gymnastics club nearby. So I kind of was doing some bits and bobs, but was missing, really challenging my body like I used to do at training and was doing a bit of gymming. But I'm really bad at motivating myself to just turn up to a gym and do it on my own. So I wasn't really enjoying that kind of solo aspect of going to a normal standard pure gym type thing um and (laughs) and then in second year I was amazingly lucky to live less than 100 meters from the front door of a CrossFit box and also happened to be dating a guy at the time that had heard about it through YouTube and things so kind of got into it that way and then never looked back really so it's it's interesting that so was the uh, gymnastic element of CrossFit like were you aware of that and was that something that that attracted you to it or it was kind of an unknown when you went and and tried it out in the the first occasion so I'd seen a few YouTube videos by that point I'd watched a bit of CrossFit Games to kind of see what the you know the pinnacle of this sport looked like um but I obviously as a person who does not do many pull-ups and is not very good at pull-ups didn't see that as like a massive draw it was more the workouts where, I mean, weirdly, I saw burpees and was like, oh, they look hard. Like, they look like they're going to get you really tired really quickly. And yes, they do. Um, So I think it was more the kind of feeling of using all of your body at the same time. You know, you can come out of a class feeling like there isn't a muscle in your body that hasn't been used. And that is an amazing, you know, the kind of endorphins rush after class of having used all of your body muscles and kind of get that massive sense of accomplishment. Um, I think that was more what, got me towards it and kind of feeling like I'm really exhausted from pushing my body to its limits because I miss that feeling so I'm wondering now because that's the, you know also in the warm-up questions you you use that sort of idea of feeling this sense of accomplishment after mm. throwing around a heavy barbell uh, and then you've talked about kind of not being motivated yourself so if mm. you go to like a gym so do you think there is this sort of correlation then between you need someone whether it is kind of someone instructing you at gymnastics or it's a coach in a, in a crossfit box that is let's say forcing you to go beyond where you're comfortable and yeah, then when you yeah. do that you feel you feel good about it afterwards yeah so uh not necessarily a coach but someone else not not necessarily to hold me accountable but to kind of make me realize I could do more so I'm really like total side tangent but I'm really grateful that I live with my brother at home at the moment because during lockdown one if anything I think I improved my fitness more than I ever could have done because I had Matt there and even though he was lifting a heavier kettlebell than me or he did more reps than me in a workout it's having someone there next to me thinking not not like directly comparing not like that feeling of constant competition and stress but more of like oh wow they're really pushing themselves yeah I'm going to push myself that little bit more and kind of the communal sense of achievement at the end of a class you know now we you know not the moment but when we were back in the gym I loved kind of that sense of everyone being being there and thinking gosh I've really missed this you know being all together 
getting hot, tired and sweaty together and then being able to kind of collapse out the door and, and go home and feel really chuffed with yourselves. Um, so yeah, I think it's kind of having other people around. I think I have got introverted sides of my personality, but the extrovert in me loves doing, you know, communal classes. And I have, you know, I do go to the gym sometimes and work out and do a workout on my own. But again, often I will look at previous programming, you know, previous workouts from classes and say, right, I'm doing Wednesday, the 27th of July today. I'm doing that workout whether I like to or not, because then I don't kind of start to creep into, oh, oh, I'll just do 10 reps rather than 15 because I'm not very good at that movement or whatever. And it's kind of just chickening out, I think, for myself and knowing I could do more, but kind of being worried about pushing myself to that pain cave stage, I think. Yeah, I think it's a very interesting line to walk because we we often, you know, we're we publicize like look you're not comparing yourself to anybody else you're comparing yourself to yourself and you know that's why we repeat workouts so it, it's not you know did you beat matt or did matt beat you it's well when you did this workout six months ago did you beat yourself now sort of thing and, and that is true but i agree with you that when you work out with other people i wouldn't say it's so much you compare yourselves to them but especially when and, and this is why like i'm a big like I, I've, I've, I think I've gone to probably every class time that there is, even a seven o'clock in the morning one, which was ugh. commitment. Thrusters at seven o'clock in the morning is not fun. Oh. But um, my body hasn't woken up by that point. I may be awake, but my body isn't ready to commit anything, to that kind yeah. of energetic activity. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was one and done for me at seven. So <laughs> <laughs> anyway. But I think that that kind of having that regular time that you go. Uh, and then knowing the people in the class, it does give you that sort of. So, I mean, we'll use Matt as as an example because he's he's your brother, and we we both train with him quite a lot. So, mm-hmm. like, I'll know that maybe maybe I'm using a like a a slightly lighter weight than him, but we should be kind of at similar reps. Um, so, quite often, if he hasn't put the bar down. I'll know that probably I shouldn't put the bar down yet. Like I'll, I'll, I'll kind of think, I, oh, you know, if, if Matt's still going unbroken on this, probably I can as well. And usually, that you know, that hasn't backfired yet. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's as you say, it's it's interesting that we do say, you know, it's not a competition and it's not comparison. Um, and I think it's important to remember that everyone has their own dialogue going on in their own brains that day. So where you might be thinking, oh, wow, Matt's really motivating me to keep going right now. You know, it's that kind of gaining motivation from people around you. That's why we're in a class setting is to get a communal motivation um, where you might be thinking, God, Matt hasn't put the bar down yet. Matt might be thinking, God, Jason hasn't put the bar down yet. (laughs) And as you say, you kind of gauge, right, I know I'm never going to be as fast as this person, but if I can stay, you know, for me personally, Normally I say to myself, hey, try and stay on the same movement as Matt. He might be finishing it and I might be starting it. But then I think, yeah, I can do that. And then it will slip because I am less fit than him. And then I think, right, I can just stay within the same round as him. That's a good pace for me. And it's kind of having that internal dialogue without being too hard on yourself, because it's about pushing yourself to a point you're going to be happy that you push yourself that far. You're enjoying it still. Um, But yeah, it it is a funny balance, isn't it, between comparison competition and kind of looking into within yourself but I do need someone else there to help me think looking in I could go faster actually 
Yeah, and we, we have a lot of that. And, and I think, you know, it's quite often, it's it's that typical, well, what weight are you going to use? You know, that kind of question that gets thrown around and, and you kind of know, well, like I was going to use this weight. They're using this weight. Okay, I'm not going to use that because maybe that's still too much, but probably I should push then from what I was thinking to use because this seems kind of too too much less than than what they're using uh and and it's it's interesting because quite often I, I guess it is that I don't know apprehension or that fear of kind of oh maybe you know if I take that dumbbell and it's too heavy and it's a 20 minute AMRAP <laughs> I've got that too heavy dumbbell for 20 minutes like, yes what's going on um but I have found, I found, I should say, just before we finished, that actually I got a couple of times kind of goaded into going heavier than I had. Like, you know, you read the workout in the morning, and especially when we train at eight in the evening, you have the whole day to break <laughs> down this workout. <laughs> and and you go in, I go in like knowing the weight I'm going to use. And, oh, and then... I end up using a different weight because as I'm walking to the dumbbells, Rob shouts something at me and <laughs> it's like, well, I can't, I can't use that 15 now, can I? I guess it's 22.5, <laughs> isn't it? It's like that kind of, um, uh, yeah, which sometimes it does backfire, but I think it is, if it's well-meaning and if you know the people, it can give you that push. Uh, it's probably why now in lockdown two, I'm hardly doing anything because fair, I just fair. and I think as you said that's it's a good point about having a regular time that you train at because you do get to know I mean it's I think it's really good to mix it up and go to all the different classes because it's about meeting new people and getting inspiration from everywhere but also having your more regular times that fit with your time and your your life um is great because those people do get to know you a little bit more so they might notice if you're going a lot lighter than you if you know if you have had a rough day and, and those days might be the best days for people to say hey go on like really push yourself you'll get more of a sense of achievement afterwards or the kind of healthy competition you think I will go lighter today because I'm really tired I've had this this and this going on and you know you're kind of having that conversation in your head but you say to yourself right I'm going lighter but I still want to push myself and keep up with these guys you kind of can have your own measure against your friends because you know them enough to then know that it's not going to be super crazy competitive. It's more of a healthy, fun banter competitive that is going to be enjoyable rather than be stressful and leading to too much self-doubt and judgment. So on that note, I, I, I'm intrigued to see what you think of this because Ooh. I think as well that when you have that bad day that just it's just not a good day or you've got some little niggle that's just kind of making you be a bit more selective in your your weight or your movement i find it a lot easier to go lighter for example when i'm with people i know uh because i feel like well they like this isn't the only time they're going to see me do a workout they know yes normally he'd go a bit heavier or a bit faster or he'd, he'd do that movement uh but you know that they, they might ask you afterwards oh what happened you just say oh my you know my shoulder's playing up so i, I didn't want to you know, put that much weight on the barbell and put it overhead or something like that and it's kind of like well you've seen me do a hundred other workouts so you know that it's not that I just phone it in every week yeah whereas I think if you kind of drop not drop in but you go into a class where maybe some people kind of know you but they don't see you that often I feel like there's a little bit more pressure to make a good impression <laughs> 
pressure on yourself, isn't it? Yeah. I think that's interesting because obviously, again, we're kind of coming back to the whole thing about you shouldn't be worrying about what other people are lifting, but you're kind of maybe aware that other people might be looking at you and as a guide for them to, to lift weights. And that's another thing where I think I'm always trying, I always try to tell myself that, you know, everyone's had a different day. Everyone's coming at this from a completely different place, mentally, physically, nutritionally whatever it is in the day whether someone completely didn't have time for lunch at work someone's just had like an energy drink whatever it is um it is interesting how you kind of catch yourself maybe comparing and worrying about what other people might be thinking of your weight but actually it is important to kind of sit back and think no you know I can do this weight and I'll just have fun with this workout and I know nobody cares <laughs> like no, nobody I know right absolutely nobody cares even I don't care that much, but nobody cares what I'm lifting. <laughs> uh, but it just it's just, I guess, one of those interesting kind of subconscious things that you do that mm -hmm. um, that I've noticed. And, and as we were on this little tangent, I thought, why not? Let's let's see if I am insane or whether or not there's some. <laughs> interesting. I think I'm almost the opposite. <gasps> I think I would say in a class where I'm possibly having, you know, say I've had a worse day or I'm in a class where I don't know people as well or I'm just feeling a bit more generally fragile in myself, I would probably go lighter with people I don't know compared to in a class I'm more familiar with because I don't want to be at the back of the class, you know, struggling through a workout where people may not know my name to kind of cheer me on at the end or people may not know how to cheer me on. You know, sometimes it's, People don't know. I'm not trying to say this. People sometimes, you know, they think, oh, does she want me to? Because some people don't don't like being kind of yelled at at the end of a workout. They're kind of like, just shut up. I'm almost there. Um, but, you know, some people don't mind getting a massive yell to kind of boot them up the bum to get the last 20 reps done or whatever. Um, so I think if anything, I mean, someone with a psychology degree might start questioning me about whether that's a fear of failure, et cetera. I don't know. <laughs> um about failing in front of people I don't know. This is getting deep here. Um, but yeah, I think it's more about having people, being, being comfortable around people that I work out with regularly to then maybe push myself out of my comfort zone and go for a heavier weight, possibly. So there's a lot, there's, I think there's a very two, two directional options for the training in a less familiar environment. Wow. Well, I mean, who knows where this, <gasps> this, this goes nowhere, right? This, That's just this... got intense. <laughs> I wasn't ready for this. It's not in my <laughs> notes. It's not at all. Yeah. So getting getting back on track, I suppose. You've come a long if, way. If we were ever <laughs> on a track. There were only two questions, so it's a very short track. <laughs> well, the question leads on to this, right? Because uh -huh. obviously, um, what I haven't mentioned yet, but the majority, I would assume, know, uh, probably more people know this than know that you are Matt's sister, is that you also coach at CrossFit Bath. So uh, I feel like I've now completed the set with you coming on the podcast. I've got all the coaches. Uh, that set will be incomplete probably come December when rumours are we'll have a, a new coach. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty confident Ollie will have said in, in the interview process, you do know that contractually you're obliged to come on the CrossFit Buff podcast at some point. So what's happening now is Ollie's listening to this podcast and he's like desperately messaging the person that he's lining up like, oh my gosh, by the way, I totally forgot to mention. And they're like, I'm out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that, that's a deal breaker for me. <laughs> so 
you, you're you're coaching slightly different in the sense that you are coaching kind of part time, just the the odd class sort of here. In fact, at eight o'clock when I see you, I'm looking: is she wearing a red shirt? Because... <laughs> is she here to partake or make us do it? Yeah, because you you're either there with us and you're like, oh, I'm looking forward to this one, or I'm not looking forward to this one, or you're coaching and it usually starts with you saying right guys I did this one at six and I've not yet recovered or <laughs> or maybe oh I've just finished this one let me get my breath back and then we'll start I'll take you guys for it so these are usually your go-to phrases when we start the class so it's always interesting but um but yes yeah, so the point being obviously this isn't your main focus uh you you know you've mentioned already your your secular work and that you'd actually like to be able to travel with that and and so on. So I guess the question that I'm trying to get to eventually is what pushed you then to go from, well, I like doing CrossFit because of the way it makes me feel after a workout to, you know what, I'd actually like to be more involved and to, to start coaching uh, even if it's only in, in my spare time. Um, again, it all kind of happened quite quickly at uni um, where I was part of the box that was right by my student house, um, which is now known as Second City Fitness. Um, shout out, whoop, whoop. Um, and I was loving CrossFit, as you say, kind of took to it quite quickly, really loved the feeling it gave me and was therefore a student, so had a little bit more free time. Obviously, being a physio student, less free time than the, than the classic student, but had enough free time to train more regularly and... Um, uh, really enjoyed kind of the, the you know community atmosphere and um, they were having a change of staff at the box in uh, Birmingham and basically just one of the coaches one of the owners kind of um, came up and sort of spoke to me about the possibility of joining um, because I've done a lot of coaching in other sports in the past so I've got a background in kind of coaching and teaching and um, sports leadership type stuff um, so it kind of was a perfect opportunity that kind of landed in my lap very gratefully. Um, so between second and third year of uni, I did my level one and then started coaching in Birmingham. Again, only kind of two hours a week just to kind of get me going um, while, while also trying to do a third year with two six week placements in the NHS and a dissertation, et cetera. So it was kind of a slow build up, um, but that was really good for me, I think, to kind of build my personal confidence with standing in front of a group of people and really kind of putting yourself out there and feeling like you're knowing what you're talking about enough to help anyone that comes through the door, which is really important for me. Um, I may not know, you know, the top athlete techniques that need to be used for games athletes, but I feel like any other person that comes in the door just looking to get a bit fitter, I can kind of help them move move safely and and you know happily um so that's kind of where it started and then moved home after uni and started coming to CrossFit Bath obviously and then got to know the guys a bit better so I could kind of <laughs> be confident enough to be like oh by the way I am actually a coach if you ever need the help type situation um and then yeah again really gratefully just set it into a perfect balance for me where I can do a bit of coaching during the week and the odd weekend when I've got free time around my full-time job, um, which I love because um, as a physio, I have worked with adults previously, but I'm currently a children's physio um, and I'm working in the neuro rehabilitation team. So children have had acute um, 
or traumatic brain injuries or strokes or anything like that, where a big focus is on movement quality and retraining the brain to move in a certain way. So if anything, you know, physio and coaching are kind of a perfect match. Physios are looking at how a person moves and where they're using their muscles correctly. So I think it's a great um, sort of combination with my job and would never want to kind of give it up because it's, again, kind of helping people become a better version of themselves or helping people enjoy an hour of their evening. Um, so all of those things I love being able to kind of help people to do. I'm, I'm almost not sure if there's some subtle dig at the 8pm class that you coach quite often there about. Kind of, yeah, I'm used to working with children. That yeah, it's similar, you know. <laughs> kind of don't have issues with movement and coordination. So it's very much like coaching the eight o'clock class. <laughs> I mean, I do, I, you know, as you experienced just before lockdown started again, um, I have started using some of my more children focused skills, like a game of Simon Says for warm up. Um, because I also think sometimes working as a children's physio, you realize how much more fun it is being a kid. You, you forget how fun it is sometimes. So making you guys be children for an hour, it's definitely forced fun. But by the end, I feel you guys get on board and you can just laugh at me, even if you're not laughing with me. <laughs> yeah, the Simon Says warm up was was very interesting. <laughs> Loved uh, it. There, there was somebody there who was clearly cheating. <laughs> and, uh, and he knows who he is and he knows that every time he did it when Simon didn't say but someone else did as well and he would just point at them and go oh did you see burpees burpees for them uh, but he got caught he got caught in the end uh, and I think my favorite bit was when you just decided it was too much work to keep saying Simon says before every movement you actually wanted us to do yeah and the, and the game came to a very abrupt end yeah <laughs> But yeah, I think I'm super fun and super enthusiastic until I'm just too lazy. Can't be bothered. Continue doing squats, guys. Can't bother to say Simon anymore. Just just keep going. We're going to do a normal warm up from now on. So I, I guess my my follow. Well, you're, you're kind of hinting at it here then, because you're, you've sort of said how the I guess the confidence you get from speaking to a group of people that are not always the most mature people in the room and having to kind of get them to to perform well and make sure that movement standards are because you know, the idea of calling someone out when their movement standard isn't correct is not a hey you're being naughty you're not doing the right thing it's you know if you keep doing it like this you're going to hurt yourself right like this isn't going to benefit you you need to make these adjustments so having that sort of skill set uh, I'm guessing that you, you know you sort of said that that helped you then in your in your physio career because that again having that presence to tell people right you need to do this you need to do that and and the confidence does it work the other way then I mean we've we've joked about the, the Simon Says thing but do you find that secularly what you're you know helping people with as a physio is something that you can then bring in and kind of incorporate into your your coaching yeah definitely um I think everything from, you know, the soft skills like communication is a math. I mean, it's such a such a tiny word for what it actually covers. But um, you'll be in a class and you'll see someone. And another another thing that kind of physio really helps with is actually breaking down a movement and analysing what they're literally doing and working out why they're doing it or how you can change it just a little bit to make it so much better. Because sometimes information overload 
if you're trying to give them five pointers, actually, they're never going to pick any of them up. So just choosing one to start with, which is which is going to be the, the tweak that gives you the best change to start with. Um, so when you've kind of done all that and you kind of think, oh, I've been watching this person, you know, they've been doing cleans, five cleans every round. And I've, I've watched a couple of rounds now and I'm, I've kind of got to the bottom of what I think they need to do. And you give them that one little quick comment to try and get them to do it during a workout. Because that's another thing. You, you don't want to completely stop someone like, right, we're going to recover this clean technique here because they're trying to just get their heart rate up. And if, if they're doing it safely, you want them to kind of enjoy that time. So you give them a quick comment to see if that helps them with their technique. But they look or appear to have completely blanked you. And you think, oh, maybe maybe it's the words, it's the phrasing, it's it's how I've kind of provided that feedback. And sometimes you have to give what you feel is the same comment in three different ways. And suddenly one of them will click and that person will transform how they're moving. And it's for them, you haven't been nagging and nagging and nagging. You've actually given three different coaching points and one of them they've really understood and been able to take that on board. Um, and I think for a coach, the fun challenge for us is that you're in a room with currently maximum 16 other people where every person comes with different understanding of what their body is or how it moves and a different understanding of their fitness level and what they've done previously um and a different you know plan or aim for their workout whether it's just to get out of breath whether it's to practice a skill whether it's just to enjoy moving in a, in a class with other people so I think having those kind of communication and interaction skills as well as kind of analyzing movement and loving loving just seeing people better themselves all of those things from physio and coaching have kind of merged so closely together over the years I don't know where each one comes from which which way the flow goes but that's why I think for me physio and my my job over the years whether it's been adults or children have um really complemented my coaching and I suppose that's more relevant like well when we went back after lockdown one than than kind of ever before because one thing that with Ollie we spoke about multiple times was that uh, you lost the the tactile feedback so you know when you're saying oh you give someone a cue and they don't quite get it mm -hmm. and it's the choice of words and then you give it to them again and they still don't quite get it usually or previously the the solution was this is what I mean and you you physically move them into that position and sometimes that was all they needed to understand ah right that's what you mean by you know pull your knees back or that's what you mean by you know tighten here i've i was you know i had the wrong area kind of something like that whereas now choice of words is so key because that's all you can do is yes. and while you're saying like oh they don't think you're nagging at them it's kind of like after you've given the same cue six different times you, you, <laughs> there's only so much you can do right yeah at a certain point you, you just go okay yeah and i think I'll, I'll go home and buy a thesaurus and we'll work out <laughs> i'll come back to you give me a week i'll be there um yeah it's so true obviously during a workout you don't want to make them feel like they're being singled out because they're just not getting it so you do try and kind of mix it up and you think oh it's not quite working but you have that quick decision in your head of they're still moving safely um they're okay i can talk to them in a bit more detail when they're not puffing and panting in this workout um because even me like personally I will find even 
in the most simple workout, I can't count to seven if I'm really tired and out of breath. You know, I really struggle. I lose count at three and I'm like, was that three, four, two? I don't know. I'll do an extra one just in case. Um, so if that person is having the same problem, me talking about full extension of the hips really isn't going to help them at that point. Um, but as I say, if they're moving safely and they and they look good and all you're doing is trying to just tweak them a little bit, you can allow that to be a something that you feedback after the class when you've got a moment longer with them. Um, yeah, but uh, the point from Ollie, I mean, yes, massive, massive difficulty for me because as a physio, I'm a very hands-on person. You know, we're obviously I'm I'm tactile with all my patients to make their body line up the way I need it to, and then the same in in the gym. If it's if I feel like it's easier just to prod their shoulder in a certain direction and say, "Oh, do you feel that?" and they say, "Oh my gosh, yes," I'm like, "Right, job done. No words needed," because although I love communication I feel I feel it's also something I can always work on um as you know a personal thing I talk way too fast I say 10 to 10 things before I've actually decided what my brain wanted to say but then I'm like well it's too late it's out now uh I could probably slow down a bit that is for sure <laughs> You're like, so you, those 10 things I told you uh, number two was the one I wanted yeah. so just remember Absolutely. that one please and, and try and go and do that now in your little box yeah. <laughs> as a member of the 8 p.m class you probably will catch me every now and again um saying things like uh so basically what i'm trying to say is because i've gone on a bit of a roundabout course and realized i've gone on a roundabout course and been like let's sum this up what are you actually about to do for warm-up what do you actually need to get into your box okay right what i mean is go get a kettlebell that is all yeah. i need you to do <laughs> yeah, and you can put away all those uh, dumbbells that you collected and the little plates i made you get i don't know what i, I was changed talking my mind. about i changed my mind <laughs> don't need any of that stuff today yeah. yeah 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 i get as well like round 10 when you're going up to somebody and saying yeah your form is just not exactly perfect and they're thinking this is round 10 i <laughs> i can barely stand as it is why why are you picking on me <laughs> <laughs> picking on you yeah well i think um obviously in some workouts we really emphasize on because obviously you know as a crossfit box we really pride ourselves in having members that move really good quality all the, move with really good quality all the time um so we do like to focus on you know round 10 looking like round one but there will be a bit of slip as your muscles fatigue um and so long as you the coach can kind of let the members know, hey, you know, hey, those cleans were looking a bit more accurate earlier or um, really get those elbows up when you catch the bar, etc. You know, those little comments to make the person think about those things when they're under fatigue is a good thing to do rather than just standing there nagging like go faster go faster go for you you slow down go faster like that's not going to help in round yeah, 10 this is the final class i want to go home go faster <laughs> finish the workout then i can lock up let's go yeah. it's a generous time cap you don't need it all come on get this done <laughs> yes so true i guess the final thing then talking of your this mix between your your job and and the crossfit is I mean, we've spoken in the past on this on this podcast about the kind of the reputation that CrossFit had. It still has a bit, but definitely less than in the past about how dangerous CrossFit is and how everybody just injures themselves. And you'll kind of see these like memes and jokes about like, oh, I started CrossFit and there's the physios thinking, oh, great, I'm going to get, <laughs> you know, going to get a lot of money now, these, these kind of things. But, you know, you're obviously someone who's coaching CrossFit, despite the not despite but you know at the same time while teaching people to move correctly and, and do things properly and yet you don't you 
clearly don't think there is a conflict between people doing crossfit and kind of dedicating your life to helping people's health and and movements but if anything there's a a marriage between the two things so i I just kind of wondered if you ever get asked about it or called out on that or if people have have ever mentioned it to you yeah um quite a lot of times actually if i'm honest i think i was talking about it recently with a friend actually um uh they asked me you know oh have you watched any crossfit games and i said oh actually like no i haven't um just time wise and and also for me it wasn't like a priority at the time when it came on but we kind of led on to that thing about the uh the quality of of movement in crossfit and the reputation etc um so i'm really lucky that the two boxes i've been in in birmingham and bath now uh have a great leadership team where from the top down the message is always quality first you know quality safety not quantity and awful movement because it's about improving your health not degrading the the safety of your joints by moving in such a risky way that you're probably going to end up with an injury and be out crossfit for another six weeks healing um so for me i've never really experienced the reputation that crossfit gets of you know it all being about you know cracking out as many reps as you can even if you're not quite extending and your back's a bit arched or whatever it is um so i'm grateful that i've kind of experienced the really positive side of crossfit in the uk and i've not actually found a box having visited some yet that do that but i think the risky part comes from when for example people who don't do crossfit see the crossfit games they see all these things these people do and and don't appreciate what work goes into getting to that point. So they kind of might get a bit overexcited and kind of come in thinking, this is what I can do. And without having the right support and leadership from the coaches, you are at risk of people hurting themselves. And I think being coach, you kind of feel bad sometimes pulling people back on the workout saying, you know what, we're actually going to drop the weight for you. If they're really keen to go away and you think, oh God, I don't want to just stop the mid workout. But actually that is your responsibility because if you're going to show them what safer movement looks like and show them that it's not just about going as fast as you can, as heavy as you can, you know, you really have to think about the longer term impacts for these people. And that comes in, especially at Bath, that comes in from such an early stage of doing the introductory course where you're you're literally only using an empty barbell for sometimes two or three sessions because if that's all you need so you can focus on how your body moves and maybe adding two and a halves or five plates that's all you need to really challenge your body and movements they've not it's not done before um so yeah I think it's an interesting one but some physios have said oh you do CrossFit isn't that like really dodgy with with movement standards and quality and normally my standard answer is oh well I think it really depends where you go and actually the best thing about CrossFit is it's a community sport where other people are helping you make sure you keep a good standard and it's not just what you see on the internet it's it's a community in boxes across the country across the world where the bad reputation comes from the minority rather than the majority which is annoying you know it definitely has been annoying to kind of have to feel like I defend CrossFit sometimes but I think CrossFit especially for me personally CrossFit provides me so much more than just a place to lift some heavy weights that it is important to kind of show everyone that it actually isn't just about going heavy crazy fast all the time yeah it's 
it's always I guess it's difficult, isn't it, with like somebody who just comes and watches the games and you're mm. like, Yes, well when you're doing something because there's a massive prize purse at the end of this, maybe people are gonna cut some corners and you know, they're gonna all I need to do is get the weight overhead. That's the standard. I'm gonna yeah. do it this way, it's the quickest way and it will help yeah. me win. Like but that's not what you see necessarily in the box and, and as exactly. you said, like and of course that thing of the minorities if I put, you know, I, I've said this in the past, like you put up a YouTube video or an Instagram post of somebody doing a nice, safe, clean and jerk with a reasonable weight and you get two or three views, but somebody doing some ridiculous fail because they set the barbell on fire first, like goes viral, right? And it's just, it's always that thing that th- that's what trends. And, and they Yeah, and I think bad a, real, a real example for me was uh, CrossFit Games uh, a few years ago. Oh, quite a few years ago. I have no idea when, if I'm honest. Um, they were doing ring handstand push-ups. Uh, and I remember watching it and cringing at the arching of their backs and their shoulders and thinking, my gosh, you know, this is this is possibly where CrossFit possibly <laughs> this is where CrossFit gets his bad name. Um, but the problem is again, you know, none of those athletes were about to dislocate a shoulder because they all have such amazing core strength and fine fine muscles like the tiny intrinsic muscles of your shoulder joints they have all of them beautifully tuned to keep their shoulder stable and safe when they are pushing themselves out of their comfort zone but when people see those movements and they're you know the the athlete's backs arched and they're barely locking out people who see that as their first experience of crossfit probably prejudge because they don't know any better which is difficult for us to kind of shout from our corner like hey actually we do really nice kipping work and we do loads of scat pull-ups before we ever let people do pull-ups because we have to have shoulder strength um but yeah it's just it's definitely a I think it's a a point that we you know people around the world of CrossFit could debate for well and never get to an end of the topic really it's interesting this year with the the final event atlanta it's the first time i've ever heard them saying like during the broadcast this isn't this isn't for you like this mm. is an event for these athletes that are yeah. elite just don't go and try and do this tomorrow in your box yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> so shacks no program this please <laughs> <laughs> appreciate the commentators for taking on that responsibility as well i guess because obviously they're there to kind of ramp up the crowd like guys look what these people can do you could do this too you know take part in crossfit CrossFit, this and that and it's it's about getting everyone feeling pumped to have a go at crossfit but having a go at crossfit doesn't mean starting with one of the games workouts as your first taster session a <laughs> hundred handstand push-ups is not gonna get you in the right <laughs> the right frame of mind right well thank you very much evie uh see it wasn't so bad right it was manageable i'll take it yeah yeah it was fun and i've edited out all the all the crazy stuff you know the two hours of googling to find who you look like that's (laughs) and this one person i had an image in my brain in them i didn't know who it was (laughs) and it was mel (laughs) it was mel good old mel all right then well thank you so much evie thank you everybody for for listening hopefully you found something that you liked within the episode probably all of it you know (laughs) why not let's be positive (laughs) and uh, i'll see you all next week for another interesting episode of the crossfit buff podcast thank you